Dr. Dwayne was able to arrive at this point and to speak from this point because number one was running away from the point in time that he found himself. Number one was seeking a home that he did not yet recognize. And today, Dr. Dwayne's job is to let number one know that he was in that place all along. Find more content from the heart and mind of Dr. Dwayne at drdwaynemd.substack.com. That's D-R-D-W-A-Y-N-E-M-D.substack.com. Come vibe with our tribe. We are tribal by nature. We make war and eventually we learn the medicine of peace. Let's sit now like our mothers at the communal table and our fathers around communal fire, listening for the resonance that turns noise to music. Just as a surgeon orchestrates healing in the body, I invite you to this symphony of the heart and mind. Because after 20 years, this sober cancer surgeon knows this above all. Our strongest medicine flows from the heart. Now, if you're ready, let's dig deep. Love and light, dear hearts, it's Dr. Dwayne, man who wears a lot of hats. But today, I'm your catalyst for change and your cruise ship director. So no, we're not sailing the high seas together, but we are voyagers on a cosmic ride. (laughs) That's right. And this ship is powered by love, words of love, no less. And today, I want to be your conductor (laughs) because today I want us to resonate on a frequency that will allow us to leave the things behind that no longer serve us, to build on constructs that are new, that are living, that are vibrant, and that are malleable so that our futures will be sustainable And our children's children's children will have a home to call their own. So I've been sharing and speaking from, I don't know, what may seem like random topics here over the last few weeks. And in between there, we've had an interview or two. Um, Very special interview with Dr. Jill Bote Taylor, author of Whole Brain Living, and one of the most famous TED speakers ever. Her TED Talk has been viewed about 30 million times 
by now. So if you haven't seen it, I would certainly encourage you to do so. It is, without question, a masterclass on how experiential and acquired knowledge can be melded and delivered in a powerfully impactful way. That talk and its impact continues to this day. And without question, it's the prototype that I am fashioning my message and my career behind this mic upon. And so, yes, I'm very grateful and humbled that she was a guest on this podcast and would urge you to go and listen to that conversation because it certainly was more than an interview. We formed a heart connection and she without question helped Dr. Dwayne to mm, integrate elements of his story, my story, which I was content at that point to set aside. But the value, the power ah, in integrating that which has brought us to this point, making room for it, honoring it, and preserving it in a way that does it justice and does us justice in this present moment. Oh, yes. That was the true gift of that conversation for me. And that is the reason that I've got behind this mic almost a year ago. And it's the reason why I continue to do so every day. But yes, as I was saying, these topics seem random, maybe. But they are the fulfillment of a contract with provision. Because somewhere about a year ago, my creative juices, all right, much like the dust and gases of the early universe, they were beginning to coalesce and to take shape. And I had no idea why I was putting these 12 haiku down. I had no idea what I would eventually do with them. I envisioned them as a children's book. And and indeed, it may one day live as such. But today, it is the, it's, it's the kernel of the seed of these conversations, which are meant to be meditations, meant to be prayers, meant to be the catalyst for conversations between mothers and sons, fathers and daughters, and the versions of those that we carry around within ourselves, you know? In my case, Dr. Dwayne talking to number one and giving number one the reassurance the encouragement, mm, the reinforcement that 
he still needs <laughs> because he's scared. He's a little boy in a three-bedroom trailer who is plagued by patterns of hypervigilance, who is constantly questioning where his safe space is in the world because of the things that he is aware of about himself and the things that he is still questioning and struggling with about himself and the things that he's just not sure about with regard to others. The point is that Dr. Dwayne was able to arrive at this point and to speak from this point because number one was running away from the point in time that he found himself. Number one was seeking a home that he did not yet recognize. And today, Dr. Dwayne's job is to let number one know that he was in that place all along. And that every day, like Moses being wedged in the cleft of the rock, oh yeah, that story just sticks with me like cigarette smoke. It's stuck with me since my, hmm, well, since my apostolic speaking in tongue days. There's so much truth in that story where Moses dares to ask God, show me your glory. I can imagine God laughing to himself and Moses sitting there in eager expectation. God finally saying, look, Moses, you can't handle all this. You cannot behold all my glory and live. But I tell you what, boy, I'm going to sit you over here in the cleft of this rock. And I'm going to pass by you here now. And as I pass by, I'm going to cover you with my hand as just my hind parts is exposed to you. And in order for Moses to encounter that glory of the divine, in order for him to glimpse, behold, embrace, and become. Because the text said that when he came down the mountain, he had to cover his face, right? He shone with the glory of that moment. But in order for that to happen, Moses had to stand still. And he had to be wedged in a space that was just big enough 
I can imagine that space being singularly his own. Made. <laughs> Prepared and set aside just for this time in which he and God would do a little business. In which the divine in that moment would dance a little dance, have a little congress, if you will, <laughs> overshadow, imbue, and endow living flesh, which that which was from another plane. The same truth, capital T, that shows up in the artist's performance. The same truth, capital T, that we have packaged in expressions of mm, preverbal recognition, constructless joy, expressions that are so powerful that they have persisted through ages. They transcend their languages of origin. They're not bound by geography. They are pure portals for glory. Ole, ashe, hallelujah. These are the reflections of those moments like Moses had <laughs> on the mountain, changed forever for all to see. And those are the moments that we endeavor to have together. Those are the moments that are powering this <laughs> voyage through time and space. Because this, my brothers, my sisters, uh, my queer, gender-fluid, misters, others, this is a time in which we can share those moments, wherever we are, wherever we happen to be born, <laughs> whether we are living or not. See, we had to depend on the written word being passed from Moses to this point. We had to depend on the printing press <laughs> being invented. And we had to wait for Jim Crow to be dismantled. And we had to let the fullness of time do what it does to arrive at this moment where in the palm of our hands, it's the knowledge of all the ages 
and the potential to project that knowledge into the future. So today, you decide, for you are more than the cosmic scale events which have shaped our shared origin story. At your core, at the level of the smallest measures currently known, you are forces, quantum forces, which defy conventional understanding, while at the same time are increasingly practical in their application. You are the walking, living, breathing, thinking, dreaming, mm, love-making manifestation of the thought experiment. We say from the mind of God, but just as we used our imaginations to imagine the quantum forces that now make this very transmission possible. Our understanding of those forces is what I'm saying. Just as that dynamic makes this moment and this exchange possible, you've got within you the potentiality, the conservation of energy and information that makes possible whatever it is that you decide is yours. Whatever it is that you decide resonates from your point of innermost knowing. You get to decide and to stand as it were, in your version of Moses in the cleft of the rock. And you get to seek that glory. (laughs) You get to allow it to transform your moment, your particular position that you occupy in this plane of of existence, wherever you are. Whenever you are, whoever you are in your journey, whatever your gender identity is today, doesn't matter what it was yesterday, whatever it is today, you get to decide how you will take the potentiality baked into this existence and produce something that is pleasurable for you And I pray, pleasurable and sustainable for us all. Because this is the message and the mission. This is why I have come to this point at this time in this space with this energy wrapped in this body, powered by this intellect, oh, and sustained by this heart. 
my days of apology are over. And my prayer for you is that that is the same. That your reality every day increasingly (laughs) is the glory of God shining through you (laughs) clearly illuminating your face so that those who will not behold cannot behold (laughs) choose not to behold they will have to cover their face Because our moment has come. For the creation waits in earnest and eager expectation and longing for the sons, daughters, and genderqueer others of God to be revealed. Your work is to be revealed. And I'm here to help you, show you how. There are simple gifts Simple gifts for us to share, (laughs) for us to uphold, proclaim, enshrine, to give our lives for, because they are sustainable, because they are uplifting because they are inclusive in their impact. And music is the prototype. Music is the paradigm. Music connects these hemispheres and allows these four characters of our brain to dance, (laughs) to make their own contribution to the cosmic symphony. So seeking harmony, music shows us how to love without boundaries. And rule number one, (laughs) yep, this is a good time as any to introduce these 12 rules for life on Mars. And rule number one, regardless of context, sectarianism is never, ever justification 
for the death, torture, imprisonment, or maiming of any sentient being, whether in service of ritual worship, defense of ancestral borders, or any other corporate pursuit. Sacrifice, ritual killing, and certainly war. They have no place in our shared, sustainable future. If we're going to enjoy this symphony, if we're going to live in harmony, then we got to have a structure for the varied instruments to play by. And this <laughs> standing bass, well, I'm here to set the tone. I hope you'll join me. Love and light, dear friends. Love and light. Find more content from the heart and mind of Dr. Dwayne at drdwaynemd.substack.com. That's drdwaynemd.substack.com. Come vibe with our tribe.